freshen the game, you get out with what you put into it, like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, God, Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Nimrick went out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Hello and you're very welcome along to the first Treaty Talk episode of 2024. Tom Clancy here with you as ever and delighted to say I'm joined once again for 2024 after a contract extension with Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star Newspapers. And Matt is uh, here as ever to talk everything Limerick GA in recent times. Uh, a reminder that all GA coverage on Sporting Limerick is in association with Knowles Menswear. Check out Knowles.ie for all the latest offers this January. Matt, 2024 could potentially be a really, really historic year in Limerick GA. The drive for five, it has already begun in earnest. Um, is it time to buckle ourselves in for a, a special season and a special year ahead? Well, you know, I, 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 Happy New Year to you, Tom, and Happy New Year to all our listeners and, and, and yeah. viewers. But I'm, I'm a small bit slower talking about five in a row because I asked John Kiley about five in a row immediately after the All-Ireland. And you remember the answer he gave me? He told me, go away and enjoy the four, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're still winding down and enjoying the four. But yes, you look, um, Tom, it has the potential to being a very historic year, not only just a historic year for Limerick, but a historic year for the game of hurling. Because... Um, Limerick have an opportunity and um, to, to make a unique piece of history. And um, I suppose if the early signs of the year, if we're to go by last Wednesday night in, in, in um, Clare Castle, the early omens are good. Um, like um, that was a very, very good win over Clare in the Munster Senior Hurling League. And in many ways, um, the way John Kiley set out about it, um, mirrors 2022 when he practically sent out a, a, a team of fringe players with the exception of one or two back in 2022. I think it was Barry Nash. This this year it's probably Dan Morrissey. And like you heard him in his interview after the game, he, he seemed to be quite pleased with what, what with what he saw. And obviously the result, they put up two goals and 21 points against the old enemy, were comfortable winners. Um like the, the, the omens are good. Now, it, it was an opportunity to, to see a lot of new players and he used that opportunity. He used it very well because um, Ethan Hurley was was the only um, debutant from the start. But there was there, there was a number of debutants from the bench like um, David Fitzgerald, Joe Fitzgerald, um, Dara Langan, um, um, there was there was one or two more. Um, Luke Flynn, who, who got a goal now, and I, I we saw him. You and I saw him in the county final, if you recall. And um, uh, we 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 are um, 
I'm not terribly surprised that that, that, that Luke Flynn is in the in, in the frame because you, you you recall the two spectacular points he got when the game was on a knife edge when he came out around the middle of the park and it's 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 great to see a fella like him getting up and great to see them all coming up and and um, get, getting a test at, at at a higher level but the whole exercise augurs very well for 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 the um, uh, for for the year but um, it 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 um, you know, the, the Cork will present a different challenge when they come to um, uh, McNeville Park next Wednesday evening. Now, in the meantime, Cork and Clare will be playing in Parky Rin. Now, Cork for the first round against Limerick had named a pretty strong side, Tom. They, they had named six that you would consider would be likely starters come the championship, certainly come the league and probably come the championship. So... Um, like you, 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 you had the likes of of Jer Millerick was named. You had Rob Downey was named. Uh, Connor Lahan, Dara Fitzgibbon, like there, there was big names, frontline players named. So, it, it it will be very interesting. Now, we're caught to beat Clare on Sunday. It'll be a winner take all on on Wednesday night in McNeville Park. So, um, I understand now that the capacity of McNeville Park could be limited. Similar to it was it was in Newcastle or in um, Clare Castle, and that the tickets are going on sale on Monday. Monday, yeah, yeah. For 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 Mc for McNeville Park. So, um, look, it, it, it it's 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 very interesting um competition. Uh, um, it's it, it's turned out to be an interesting competition now. The way the way the cards have fell, as it were, very disappointing that the Cork Limerick game, um. Did not take place because we would be in a position now to speak about finalists if it were. Um, but um, uh, I arrived at the ground. I I saw you from me. Um, I arrived at the ground about ten to one, and like in fairness, Tom, you know there wasn't a hope in God's earth that the game could be played. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. No, I think took a wise decision in not to admit supporters. But you saw the massive queue of supporters that were there. I suppose there was the bones of a couple of thousand people there, you know, all yeah. back along. So you'd wonder had it got the green light even at quarter past one, would they all have got into the ground before the game got underway? Hmm. And um, like it was unfortunate that the official confirmation that the game was off didn't come until about 25 to 2 which was 25 minutes before throwing. But look, that's what it is. We have to move on. Limerick moved on to um, to Clare Castle and, and got that good win out of it. So now it could very well be that next Wednesday night, who will face Waterford in, in the final will be decided in the, by the Cork-Limerick game or the Limerick um, game against Cork. And um, so, you know, it's... Uh, the competition is panning out well. I, I sometimes wonder about the, the value of this, these competitions, Tom. And um, it, it was brought into focus for me there actually sometime before Christmas. And I think I spoke with you about this, where the GPA have voted overwhelmingly to, to um, get rid of these competitions. But um, it didn't have an impact in the GA, you know. So, um, and I was looking at the GA reports and then their, their, um, their, um, their accounts, their um, convention is on at the weekend and um, they're circulated, their, their, their convention, you know, paraphernalia. And um, it's a nice little learner for the Munster Council. <coughs> and 
you know, I have no difficulty with whatever the Munster Council get in, Tom, for the simple reason that that um, uh, they they have been very very generous with their grants, and you know yeah. we have to say that, and um, we have seen the amount of clubs over the years that have got generous grants from the Munster Council for various developments, and um, you you can see the standard. You can see the standard of our pitches and our facilities right across, right across the county. And I remember, and I suppose I'm giving away my age here. You know, when when most people, when a lot of people out of, I suppose maybe two out of five venues, you, you know, you tugged out by the ditch. Yeah. You know, that's all gone. Now, yeah. that, that is all gone and like central council have been generous as well but the, the munster council have you know they, they've been i i think they've been very fair in, in spreading the pie around um but it, it's a nice it's a nice earner but you know obviously if the gpa vote overwhelmingly um to get rid of the competitions you just wonder what the future is yeah and just to, to add to a few points there in terms of the competition the way the season is split now as well, Matt, I think it actually it adds to these competitions because people are longing to see the Green and Limerick. Obviously, Limerick are on a crest of a wave. But even in other counties, people want to get out and see water. They want to see tip. You know, they want to see their counties. They haven't seen them for six, seven months in some cases. You know, that's why it, it lends itself to good crowds. It lends itself to a bit of a bit more interest. Whereas in previous years, maybe it, you know, going back 10 or 15 years, maybe didn't have that um, that's there wasn't such a gap maybe you know and and people were were happy to wait till the national league but now people are just itching maybe over christmas in particular itching to get out itching to see see the, their team and see what the new offerings is and might just to go back to the team that was played on 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 um, wednesday night emma mcavoy uh was also a debutant from the start at corner oh, back. Sorry, my apologies there no, no, just, to, just to correct the record there and also uh you mentioned uh eaton hurley from newcastle west but I kind of viewed it as a bit of a trial game. Now, Matt, uh, there was something like 12 new players in the Limerick panel or something in around that number. You mentioned a few of them there, Luke Finn, Luke Flynn, Daryl Langan, um, that, you know, guys that came off the bench, Mike Keane of Adair, uh, yeah. Liam Lynch, Munger, St. Paul's, uh, Joe Fitzgerald, David Fitzgerald, Kalan Ballas, Henry. There's no way that all of these guys are going to be on the panel this year, I, I, would, I would suspect. So there's only room for a certain amount. Now, what that number is, we don't know, but... You know, if there's only going to be a room for four or five of the names I've mentioned there, these guys want to put their best foot forward. And what better way than in a competitive game in front of, I think, 1,500 to 2,000 people, you know, to dip their toe in the senior jersey in Limerick. It's, it's an ideal scenario rather than a behind-closed-door, you know, challenge game where there's no one there and it's a bit kind of bit false. This is a, bit, a, little, bit, a little bit higher of a step up. So... From that point of view, it's great for Limerick. Ah, and yeah, also, yeah, yeah, you're same. right. There's, there's, there's a certain element of a competitive level in it. Um, there's a competitive level at, at in the competition, and then there's a competitive level within the respective panels. You know, yeah. And you mentioned Mike Keane there, and um, I'm very, very glad to see Mike Keane back because for, for me, he was one of, the, one of the best minors I've seen playing with Limerick for a while. You know, and um, you, you know, it's it's great to see him back. It's great to see that Liam Lynch has put his injury woes behind him, and yeah. that um, you know, because he was dogged by injury for almost twelve months, and it, it's it's great to see this happening. But it 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 it's it's great to see that they're getting that opportunity and that they that they haven't lost it as it were. 
um, you know, with injury and all this sort of thing. But um, my apologies there. I should have mentioned Emmett McAvoy at the start. And um, I suppose we can be too surprised with Emmett McAvoy because I think he showed very, very well in the championship for the piercing. I, I, you know, if, if you're talking about breakthrough players in the, in the Limerick Championship, Emmett McAvoy would be right up there. Um, yeah. And it's good to see him. And he got, he, I, I think he got an actually, he actually he got an hour, did he? Or he got the most of it anyway. Yeah, you know, he, uh, be... yeah, he got about that for fifty-five minutes or so. I think uh, I have it here. Yeah. In front of me. Uh, where is he gone now? Just to, to, yeah, he did. He he from the start in your cornerback. I've just lost it here on my on my notes. But um, where's he gone? Yeah, I think it's around 50, 50 odd minutes, which is great. Like you know, for for it's a young guy, fantastic. Guys. You know, fantastic. Yeah. And you just know, in, and, and, in a lot of in, a, in nearly all cases here, Matt, as well, these guys are all in around I'd say between twenty and twenty-three. All these new faces, there's a yeah. clear there's a clear emphasis on that from the limit management. You know, they're not going to be bringing in a thirty-year-olds, unfortunately. Uh, my 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 race is run in that regard, but you know they're going to be bringing in guys that are hungry, guys that are at the you know where where the ceiling is a lot potentially a lot higher than a guy who's maybe six or seven years further down the line. You know, they want to see what these guys are made of coming out of 20s. Yeah. Some of them just out of 20s, some of them out of 20s a year or two. And it's it's the ideal model. It's what the Limerick panel of say, maybe 17 and 18 was built on, guys that had emerged through minor and 21s campaigns and were just coming to that, you know, coming up that uh, that graph. So it's the same here, I guess. They're just trying to see how these guys survive in training and how they survive in, in, in the match scenario and see who will be carried along from there. So it's... You know, it's it's a conscious effort, I think, from Kylie and Co. It's 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 great to see the like of Penny Donovan stepping up as well. And yeah. like I never I never had the slightest doubt about Paddy Donovan that that was the place for him, you know, that he, he was up for that level. And like we we see Shane O'Brien again, even even though it's it's early season, but basically he's carrying on with, with the type of form that he was showing last year. Like Donico yeah. Dolly, like there's there's so many promising things there. Adam English, you know. Yeah. Um I I, I wasn't at the game, uh, but there, there was somebody telling me today that, that, that Barry Murphy and Colin Coughlin had yeah. a right tight grip on midfield. They did, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so good to be exploring different options. Mark, Mark, Mark Quinlan had a very good outing. Yeah. You know, so like it's it's a performance that's laced with with with, with positivity. And um, when I think back on the day, you, you know, and they'll say that old fogey is always hankering for the past, but um, I'm I'm only just using it to contrast what it used to be. You know, hmm. in in Limerick, when basically when you were at at times struggling to get fifteen, we'll say that were really up to the level. But now it looks as if we've talked something. Yeah, yeah. That 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 can be comfortable at that level, which is yeah. it's it's a very strong place to be, Tom. It it certainly is, yeah. And I think it all goes well even beyond this year, whatever may happen. And yeah, we'll we'll only whisper maybe the drive for five for now. But uh, certainly, uh, the the first steps on that journey have uh, have been positive ones, and we'll see. McNeville Park next Wednesday night. What comes of it? Uh, as you said, as Matt said, there are tickets for that one going on sale. Uh, early next week, Monday. So it'll be a, a fair scramble for those. Um, it was always intended to be a Limerick home game, and uh, that's the way it will remain. Um, Matt, just switching now down the the the, the grades as we lower down down a bit towards the under nineteen Hearty Cup. 
at Limerick Derby, not too often we've had to say that down the years in the Hearty Cup. There's been a few, I'm sure, down the years, but Art Skullrish on Wednesday got the better of uh, of uh, the, the hospital in Kilmallock. Um, Limerick Derby, a lot of clear involvement with Art Skullrish. Obviously, just where they're situated, they're going to get uh, clear involvement. But um, hospital put it up to them, and I suppose many people's pick for you know a team going to win it. Art Skullrish just about uh, did enough. Get over the line against uh, against hospital. Yeah, look, it, it, there's no question about it, and um, it is only when you see him down in paper um, that that you realise what a stellar team this 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 um, this this Arts School Reach team is. Because if if you take if if you if you take the like of James O'Keefe, Sean Morrissey, um, they, they, they were Limerick Miners. You, you take Shane Scully, who had an absolutely fantastic game with Drummond and Lacker in, 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 in the county final. That 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 will give you an idea of the top. Fintan Fitzgerald, outstanding for Mungra throughout the year. That will just give you an idea of the quality that's there from Limerick. But if you look at the clear quality that's in the team, Jamie Mylan, Matthew O'Halloran, um, Mark, um, Mark O'Brien, Michael Collins, Owen, Be- Owen Begley, all All-Ireland winners with Clare in 2023. It'll give you the, an idea of the stellar cast that that, um, that Art School Reach have. And in the first half, at the end of which, they, they led by 10 points to six. And they, they looked the real deal, I, I, I would have to say. But at no stage, um, at no stage now, their touch was that that little bit sharper, um, and um, things came that little small bit easier to them. And that that could have been crucial in the finish. But um, uh, at no stage did, did did were John the Baptist overawed by him, and certainly at no stage did they throw in the towel because like they took the game to him in the second half, four points down at half time. They had the margin back to a point. With eight minutes to go on the 52nd minute, Hugh Flanagan sent over his fourth point of the game. Now there was Limerick Miners on 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 the on the, the ex Limerick Miners on on the John the Baptist team. You had, yeah. you had Sean Casey at centre back, very very good. You had Owen Meany who was back in 22, a minor outstanding at midfield. You had, you had Hugh Flanagan, you know players like that. And and um, at that stage it was game on. No question about it, because um, it, it, they, they were after landing three points in a row, and they had maintained the four points differential at the three-quarter stage. But John the Baptist found, you know, they found that, you know, that bit of a scoring spot, and brought it down to a point. And um, it, it was then that um, it was, um, I think, it was Owen Carey who had come on to got a point for. Um, uh, Art School Reach and Fintan Fitzgerald and I spoke about him at the start and the quality that he brings um, he, he he got a great point from play and then he added a point from three which 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 closed it out but up to that point you know at that point as I said it, it was anyone's game because the, the amount of intensity and the level of work rate um, that, that, that um, John the Baptist brought to it was simply phenomenal Maybe they conceded that little bit in, in, in terms of, of first touch and that extra bit of sharpness, you know. But by God, um, did they make it up for it in, in work rate and, and in spirit. And, you know, it's, 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 um, 
Art Squad reach a gun to the semi-final. And they will have learned so much. Now, Art Squad reach had 13 wides. Like, but a lot of it was due to the pressure that was put on people that were trying to shoot. You know, they, they, anybody that was that was teeing up for goal, he was closed down and he was shooting under pressure. And um, by 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 John the Baptist. But they will have learned so much. It will be so beneficial um, to to um, to the game will be so beneficial. I can't say how much it will be because it will be so much beneficial to them when they face Arts Gold Reach in the semi final. Or sorry, when they play Total CBS in the semi final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Turtle CBS were, were defeated in Astros final, if I'm not mistaken. So they're obviously uh, trying to build towards uh, bringing the Harty back to to uh, Tipperary after uh, it was uh, residing there from last year as well. So yeah, at least there's Limerick involvement beyond this. Obviously, there was only one only one could progress in disappointment for Hospital, but uh, well, no, but it's not it's not quite as easy as that now. Turtles Turtles beat. Um, Beat St. Flannans and uh, the key man for St. Flannans, as you know, was tight body of rough. Yeah. You know, who's had, had an outstanding year for them. But Charleville CBS are into the semi final. <clears throat> and just... they're there on merit. And um, the, the six of the panel are, are from Limerick. There are two from Brody, three from Granabell and Gary, and one from Castletown Ballet Grand. Now, they have already knocked out Cashel Community School, who were the champions. Yeah. Like in Middleton, they faced Middleton in Mallow last Wednesday as red-hot favourites. Middleton were red-hot favourites. And Charleville very, very comfortably overturned them. Um, the respectability on the scoreboard was brought about by two late Middleton goals. But there, there was yeah. two Limerick lads starting. Um, uh, Niall Tobin was starting at cornerback. Um, from Brewery and um, the lad, oh, his first name escapes me, but he's Horgan from Granabell and Gary. He, right. he played a right half forward. So there, there is, continue, you know, there is Limerick interest in two fronts yeah, in, in the Harvin. competition. It's not, a mil, it's not a million years ago since um, um, about 20, 2012, I'd say, that Charleville CBS reached the Hearty Cup final. When they were beaten by Art School Reach in the Gaelic Grounds, and their centre half back that year was one and only David Reedy, who was absolutely outstanding. Um, and prior to that, they hadn't actually reached the Hearty Cup final since 1938. So, like, they're, they're just one game away from, from a Hearty Cup final. And um, like, apart from the Limerick, uh, the Limerick um, players, they 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 have they've. You know, they're drawn from very strong clubs. You, you, Ballyhay, Charleville, Newtown, Dramina. You know, real, real strong hurling, um, hurling, um, uh, strongholds. You know, judging on their record so far, um, Tom in reaching the semi final, um, they're not to be And, um, one of their, um, uh, one of their mentors or, uh, James like there's quite a preliminary connection with Charleville. Yeah, absolutely there is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Owen Horgan was the, the name of the player you're looking for. So now it's Owen, Owen, Owen Horgan. Horgan. That's my apologies, Owen. Yeah, were, my apologies for yeah, missing your first name, but um, yeah, we'll, he, he was playing wing we'll forward. 
yeah, yeah. So they were in from the start, and you'd Ian Sheehy of Granite Gary as well. Just looking at the names here, uh, Brian Horgan of Brewery, and it was uh, Tom Horgan of Granite Gary also involved. I think that was the, the Limerick players involved. No, there was that's Adam, D, Adam Dean is involved as well from Brewery and Bobby oh. Dowling from Castletown Ballygrand. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I just see them there on the list. Yeah, so plenty of Limerick involvement uh, in both semi finals. So as it were. So uh, hopefully we'll see some uh, Limerick involvement in the final in the early spring. Uh, Matt, we'll switch codes now to football and plenty of football action since we last spoke just prior to Christmas. Uh, the weather wasn't kind, but uh, in fairness, the under-20 football finals by hook or by crook got finished. There was three finals that were played just after Christmas Day. The under-21 Premier was won by Mungut St. Paul's. The 21A was won by Ula on penalties and the under 21 B won by Drum Colour Broadford. Matt, we'll start just by looking at the B final, Drum Colour Broadford. Uh, Tom, Tom, can mm -hmm. I just have a global view yeah. at it first and I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question directly then because yeah. I would have to say that, that there were three excellent finals. Oh, I, I didn't see the Mungret Father Casey's final because it coincided, it was on at the same time as Bally Landers. And Ula, but all accounts were that it, it was an excellent final. Sure, it was decided by a point in the end. Um, but for, for the time of year, um, it, it it was um, the quality was was very very good. I would have to say, and um, you know, um, the weather was kind, except in Tournafolla apparently, because um, I got drowned at both the A and the B final. But I got drowned during the presentations. Yeah, we stepped it up to then. So I was saying coming home, damn those bloody presentations, but they're part and parcel of it. But the B final, um, it you know, the B final, when you're talking about the V final, you know, you, you've got to talk about Brian Ahern. Yeah. Like, mind doesn't what his did he, his what performance did he was was it just it was just off the charts, Tom. Like his team scores 213. He scores 112 of it. 110 from play. Yeah. He was just he his performance was was simply majestic, you know. Um can you, can you ever recall absolutely that? outstanding. No, he's back in from Colour Broadford, and what a huge asset he is to him because I think he was away in America for a couple of years on a football scholarship. And um I think he's he's playing his football now with with um Fairview in the, in Limerick, and um, or one of the Limerick sides anyway, and um, they also had at centre back Robbie Lynch, who plays with Treaty United. Yeah, but I I thought it was a very very good performance by Drum. Now a hand with the breeze had the upper hand in the first half, and they seemed to be heading for a very very comfortable half time lead of possibly up to eight points, but Brian Hamm kicked three points against the wind, one after another from play just coming up to halftime, and suddenly the halftime deficit was far more manageable with the wind to turn over to their backs. And I was convinced anyway that if Brian Ahern saw enough of the ball in the second half, he'd win the, ball, he'd win the game on his own, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But um, it, it was a good overall performance by a drum-colored Bradford team, you know, that had a very checkered passage through the competition, if I may say so. And mm -hmm. you and I were just speaking off air. They were beaten originally in the semi-final, and I think there was an objection or there was something found awry with, with, with Kappa Rakil, and it was replayed, and they won the replay. 
And um, the reason they probably won the replay was the first day they were out. They were totally devoid of match practice because they were in a group in the B Championship where there was no game played. No game. They got a walkover in all the games. It was all walkovers in that particular in that particular group. So Drum Bradford came into the competition cold. And I just wonder, had they four or five games in the competition, you know, how they would have benefited as a team. Because I saw it firsthand in the final, how they benefited. You know, but it raises those questions that I, you and I have been discussing, Tom, ad nauseum, you know, about these kind of structures that lend themselves to so many walkovers. And there ha there, there, over the last week, there has been meetings of clubs. I think the City West were in one group. Uh, the South East were meeting in Bulgarian as late as last night, I think. And I think the night before, uh, was it... Um, no, it was Tuesday night um, to, to, to discuss all this. And I, I, I just wonder, I'm waiting with bated breath to see what will emanate out of it. Hmm. Because the structures that we have in the under-21B football championship, and the A isn't much better, Tom. The A isn't much better um, with walkovers. The, 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 the competition is not, they're, they're not fit for purpose. Yeah, They're not fit for purpose. Like, I cannot understand. Like, clubs have got to get hold of themselves here. And I'll be talking about clubs getting hold of themselves later. Um, they've got to get hold of themselves here. Entering teams just for the sake of entering teams. I'm just wondering, is 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 there an insurance charge for entering teams? Yeah, you know? Wouldn't, wouldn't be privy to that now, but yeah, you'd wonder what's the... You'd, you'd, what's you'd the, wonder what's because the I, I'd the, imagine if they were forking out around a thousand uh, quid for insurance for a team... You'd have second thoughts. You you you'd make sure that you had the numbers to make it up, yeah. and certainly if you paid it, you'd make sure that if there was a game, you you would have um, you would have turned up. Now, I I I challenged I challenged the club member about it that was involved and um, told me he got a commitment from mainly the hollers that they'd all turn out for the football, and when they came, there was only five of them turned out. So. You know that goes back to the old, the old hot chestnut, like about, um, you know how football and how hurling is perceived in this county. You know, um, yeah. but we don't want to go down that road. But the road we want to go down is Tom, that what's what what what, what the carry on that was in the championship, and this is this is going back two or three years now, this carry on, where you have a plethora of walkovers. Um, is is it has to stop, you know? Yeah. And like, if we think that this is an illness that's in the under twenty one championship, forget it. Like we've seen walkovers and we've seen teams putting out the intermediate football championship over yeah. the last two years. You're probably sick. I see you're bored, Tom. But you're Junior. probably sick and tired of listening <laughs> me to listening me to listening to me talking about it but i'm going to keep talking about it until something is done about it and somebody listens yeah it's no it's it's a cancer is probably a strong word but it's it's not good it doesn't look good for anyone involved for the teams giving the walkovers for the teams getting the walkovers for the competition itself i mean like drum for now have won the competition by winning two games and i'm not going to deny them their moment of glory look they're a they're a they're a small club in, in their own right but they've 
only got to play two games. They're probably training for two months and they got to play two games, which were in less than six days, maybe, I think. Probably the 22nd and the 28th or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not good. They should have at least had it the month of December where they kicked the ball five times or whatever it was. And I, I agree with you totally. And and uh, I, 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 I just wonder, I came... I came away that day wondering, you know, what kind of a team from Bradford would have had had their four or five games. I would say they would have a fine team. Yeah. Considering yeah. what I saw from them in 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 in, in uh, after three games. No, a hand um they, they they put it up to them, particularly in the first half. Really they they they, they caught open the drum bar for defense and got three good goals. And what were they? They were five points up at half time. Yeah. And um, of course, it called uh, you turn over with the breeze. The breeze never wins your game, but it calls for patience. And, you know, they incrementally they, they dismantled um, the, the, the lead. And then Brian Ahern got a goal, great goal with his left foot. And, uh, you know, that was that. Yeah. Just one last point on that match, right? Before we look at the, the A final, which I'd say you're dreading to talk about. But, Brian Ahern won 10 from play. I can't think of too many occasions in either court, but particularly in football, where someone has kicked double digits scores from play, whether it be 3-7 or 4-6 or 10 points or 11. Like, I can't think of many times this has happened at any grade in Limerick football or even many other counties. It just doesn't happen. Like, you know, no, I don't any level, he... any level of admission money was worth going in to see what he, yeah, to see his performance. He is just. And, he, and, he's the real deal. Yeah, and what is why? And I, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to seeing him, uh, hopefully involved with Limerick in the league. Yeah, and in and intermediate with his own club as well uh, later. Absolutely, in absolutely, yeah. a big boost for Drum now, who've lost the last two finals, and um, like they, they've other they've other good players, and so have a hand like Robbie Lynch. I thought was very, very, very good, but you know, is is he going to give his commitment to soccer? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, looks to be. A, he looks he was a central half back. He was very very good. He particularly in the second half, he just tightened the whole defense together. You know, hmm. good and strong lad as well. You know, he's he's Ray son who has more yes, county medals than he can count nearly. You know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and uh, just to say about the reason I bring up about someone scoring double digit scores, uh, people will out there say it was only the B final, but I, I tell you, it doesn't happen at any grade. Doesn't happen at junior B, junior A, any grade. I get the sense that this fella will do this in any company. Yeah. He's such yeah. a tight he's yeah. This fella's let's worth hope. seeing, Tom. Yeah, let's hope let's hope I get to see him anyway and, yeah. and more besides across the county uh, as we look looking you up know, the grades. You, you you can dismiss it and say like that tis 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 under twenty one B and all this sort of thing, but he has qualities and like these qualities have been flagged before he went to America. Yeah. But he has lost none of them there. If anything, they've they've been enhanced. That's it. Yeah, his physical attributes, I'm sure, have uh, have gotten better. The under twenty one AMS, uh, the dreaded, the worst way match for the year to end for you, I think, was to see your own club, Bellylanders, beaten on penalties. I can tell you, there's probably no worse way for it to end for you, Matt. You don't like penalty shootouts. You don't agree with them. That's fair enough. But then to see your own neighbours and your own club mates beaten by Ula, and obviously congratulations to Ula who. You know, held their nerve and, and forced the game beyond the 60 and indeed beyond the 80 minutes. So tell me about this game. How, how did this one go down? Well, sure, look, it, it, it was 
look, I, I described it as a classic game of football. I, I was even speaking with Josh Rhino, who was one of the main mentors with Ula. I, I was yeah. speaking to him, in, in um, we were just talking about it over a cup of tea last Saturday in, in McNeville Park, you know, and um, we both agreed like that. It was a tremendous game of football for the time of year. And um, it going to penalties was no surprise for the simple reason that there was nothing between them. Mm. And no, there wasn't anything between them throughout the game. Like I think the most that any team went ahead was two points. Yeah. You know, it was nip and tuck right through. Now it was Barry, I think, that leveled. It was actually, I think, Fergal O'Connor that leveled for the first time at the end of normal time. Right. Fergal, who was outstanding, I understand, in Clare Castle on Saturday, on um, Wednesday, Wednesday yeah, evening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eh, and think, I'm just trying to think back now. There's been so many, so so much has happened since. But look, it went to penalties anyway. Ballylander scored the first two penalties, failed to score after that. Ula um, missed the first two penalties and failed to miss after that. So Ula, Ula won it 3-2. Um, first time that they've taken the championship Tula for the first time since 1991 It's the third time in four years That Ballylanders have been beaten in the county final They were beaten by Drum Bradford In the B final in 2019 Lost the 2022 final to Ballysteen And now have lost the 2023 final to um, To Ula But it, it, it was good to see the two teams in the final um, Because, you know at senior level, you know, they, they've they've gone a small bit, you know, they've fallen off the cliff a small bit, as, as you know, that they have been there in the lower reaches of the tables in, in the senior football championship over the last two years. Bally have had to undergo um, two relegation playoffs in the last couple of years. So um, it, it's nice to see that those clubs have players coming through. Keno Dunman was the captain. Um, Dara's younger brother was the captain of of Ula, he he had a fine game. Eddie Stokes, who, who we were talking a lot about during the year in 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 the context of Dune and the hurling, um, also had a fine game, got a goal, and um, it, look, I went away very very disappointed. Disappointed first of all that Bally lost. Disappointed that uh, that it was decided on penalties. Um, but with no little consolation that we witnessed a very good game of football. Yeah. And um, like um, it was two teams in similar positions, you know, crying out for a bit of silverware. And on the day, I suppose, you know, the honours went to Ula. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Congratulations to Key and, and his uh, comrades there in, uh, I suppose, Dune and Ula, obviously Ula in the, in the football. But uh, pulling plenty of players from the Dune area as well. Oh, uh, just, just another point on it, Tom. Yeah. Um, the man of the match was Kevin Maher. Yeah. Who was outstanding at, outstanding at midfield. Kevin Maher, of course, who we know from the Dune hurling team. Yeah, very and prominent like, season just he, now, yeah. he has been making an impact on the Dune hurling team almost for two years now. Mm. Big, strong man. Um, yeah. very, very, he was very, very good in the football final. And... Um, I suppose, you know, I'm, I'm being really parochial here now because he just lives about a mile up the road from me. But um, Shane O'Donoghue, um, he, he was outstanding for Ballylanders. I don't think yeah. he deserved to be on a losing team, you know. No, but no. That, that, that is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, a serious operator. I think it's fair to say about Shane and uh, commiserations to him. But Matt, the, the top tier, 
once again, Mongrel St. Paul's are bringing home silver. I tell you, Matt, in, in the history of that club, however long that club continues for, 2023 will not be forgotten. Just before Christmas, obviously, they won they won the hurling, and now they win the football. I mean, like, you know, someone will have to put the brakes on them this year, will they? <laughs> you know, it, it was real, and I've said this before, maybe in this meeting, but it was really, really put, in, put into context for me with the passing of the late John O'Grady, the former referee, who was as mongrel as mongrel as they come. Yes. But when John was minor, there was no teams in mongrel. Um, he had to play minor hurling with Young Ireland's and he had to play uh, minor football with commercials. You yeah, know, time, time uh, that will give you a sense of where Mungret have come since. Yeah. You know, I, I um, but by any benchmark, intermediate champions, double junior A champions, double premier under 21 champions. Yeah. You couldn't write for it, you know. Promoted in the senior hurling. Got Promoted the, in senior hurling. Got to the um they got to the junior C final in hurling as well, lost that. But that'll tell you this across the grades. And there's underage titles in there that you know yeah. I don't have the hand now, but there was other, you know, they, they were collecting left, right, and center. You know, it's it's not just one group or one team that has done it, it has been all across the board. They're all, you know, they're all going in the one direction. They're all everyone they're is all going there. in the one direction, but I, I I've said this before and I, I, I will say it again. It is down to the amount of work that's been done on the ground. Yeah. You know, there's an open door policy there, open for everybody of all levels, you know. Yeah. And like the amount of work that's been put in and the structure that's put in that club. And it, it, it is no, you know, it, you know, it's no surprise that they, they were the first club in Limerick to embrace the one club motto. Yeah, and, and 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 put it in place, and like I hear people saying, "Oh, sure, Mungret win, Mungret this and Mungret that and Mungret the other thing." I say, "Stop! Well done to Mungret, because it's yeah. the result." I had it actually. I had it in in um, in Kilmalachie's latest Wednesday at the, at the Hearty Cup. Oh, sure, you know this, you know the blah 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 with the begrudgers, and mm. um, you know I I say, look. It, this is down to hard work. It's the product of hard, hard work yeah. and nothing else. It's the product of good structures within the club, good good, good structures at administrative level, good structures at coaching level. And there's something for everybody, right? It, You know, for the last four or five years at underage level, they've been fielding two teams at underage in most, in most competitions. Yeah. They're often so, in Division like, 1 and Division 3. There, yeah. there, there, there is no player going to fall out for the one to be looked at or for the one to get in games. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. They'll enter into Division 1 of the under-16 and they'll enter the team maybe into Division 3. Yeah. And they'll play and all they their games. It, it seems to be working. And above all, <laughs> Tom, even with the two games, they don't give walkovers. I was going to say the field in every team, and I think one of their teams, their second underage teams this year, was you know say we'd say propping up one of the groups. Maybe it was under fifteen hurling. I I said to be corrected on that team. They were struggling for results, but yes, I looked at the results and they fielded every single time. They went, you know, they went south, east, west, wherever they had to go. They played the games and they, they developed from there. And the other point I'd like to make on Munger, then look, 
you know, we meet people from all clubs, Matt, on our travels and on, at the sidelines of games. They have allowed players to play both codes as well. There is no, we're a hurling club or a football club. They've decided if a fellow wants to play senior hurling and senior football and he's good enough, he can. If he wants to play senior hurling and junior football and he's picked, he can do it. There's no, you know, we're just focusing on hurling or we're just focusing on football. Because someone will say to you, oh, are they a hurling club or a football club? Well, I'd say they're a GA club or a, you know, they're pushed both codes equally. And you can see that from an interview with Brian Begley. I, I, I was speaking to him after the 21s final. And he and he did the same when they won promotion in the senior hurling. He referenced the football. And the football have referenced him in how they dovetail, how they organise training, how they look after the players. It's not, you know, they're not fighting. They're, they're, they obviously realised we're all playing for the, the, the crest, the Mungers Abbey, I think it was, on, which is their crest. They're all playing for that crest, that parish, and they're all rowing in the same direction. There's no, you know, they're all going. It, it's simple. I think other clubs should should look at that and say, happy players who are allowed to play both codes and and get stuck into this will will definitely bear the fruit of it. You know, not every player will do that, but some enjoy playing playing both codes, and I tell you, they'll be the better for it. I asked the same, the very same question at the press evening for the intermediate football championship of Kevin O'Hagan. I asked him as a direct question. Um, uh, about um, uh, juggling between hurling and football commitments, and I got, I got, um, I, I got a similar answer to what to what you were saying there. It seems to me to be totally seamless, yeah. absolutely seamless. And you know, I hear people saying, "Oh, it's fine for Mungret; they have the numbers." You know, I, I, I know clubs that have the numbers. You know, but they're merely junior B. Yeah, they won't get off their backsides and. And Hamilton. Yeah, it's it's and it's the, and there's clubs outside of Limerick as well who who would have numbers and should be, you know, in the same position, but they're not because they haven't, as you mentioned, the word structures there. They haven't they haven't done it. But, uh, but this game, well, anyway, it, Matt, it, it, it's 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 beginning to annoy me that that type of thing towards Mungret. Um, yeah. Mungret have the array of silverware they have for a reason, which yeah. I have outlined. Absolutely, yeah. And the game itself was one we must give him his due. Billy Molyneux kicked the winning score in a game, another game that went extra time, a bit like the, the A final, as we mentioned, uh, had to go to extra time. And Billy Molyneux kicked the winning score one, six to eight points. And obviously, yeah. commiserations to Father Casey's who were. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Commiserations to him, you yeah, know. They're, they're perennially there, thereabouts in the, I suppose, minor and 21 grade. They're always, always in the last four, it seems. Uh, yeah. you know, year on year and have con continued to turn out quality players, it's it's fair yeah. to say. I, I honestly think that, you know, where Father Casey's, you know, to 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 make a breakthrough, you know, I'm, I'm wondering all the time, when are they going to finally get it right at senior? I thought yeah. last year was the year they seemed to be and they got over the hump of getting over, of winning a knockout game and, you know, so disappointing in the semi-final against the Dare. Last year, I'm talking, sorry, 2022, I'm talking about now. Oh, yeah, Sorry, yeah. last year is just gone by. Lost the semi-final again this year. You know, yeah. the breakthrough has to come, and um, like you, you, you hope now that to you know to be to, to be sooner or later because, um, you know, Mungret are going up now senior this year in, in the senior football championship, and um, this the senior football championship needs an injection, Tom. Of new yep. blood, and it, it 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 in many ways the senior football championship is mirroring the senior hurling championship, 
in that we're having the same four teams in the last four every year. Now, it has happened this year again that we've had the same, not only the same last four, but the same semi-final pairings. Yeah. But I would be hoping that Mungrish, you know, will inject something new to it, like Kildimo Palace Kenry did. And let's hope that the momentum, like, you know, I, I, I think Kildimo Palace Kenry have got over a hump. Because the second year syndrome is always very difficult. The cat is out of the bag. But they did extremely well in the second year. And yeah. you'll be hoping, you'll be looking to them now. <coughs> I understand that they may be losing one or two players to key players to immigration, mm. um, which won't help. But you, you would like to see them continuing on the upward trajectory. And certainly, I would be hoping that Mungret St. Paul's will come in and take the senior football championship by storm. It needs it, Tom. It does, yeah, yeah. It needs it. It would be good to have someone, you know, at the And at you can, look, it's it. not because this Mungret St. Paul's, you can call them anything, you know. Yeah. Um, you can call them anything, but it needs an injection of something new that will come in and light up that championship, ignite it. Yeah, definitely. No, and, and look, we've been at a lot of group games in the last few years, and there hasn't been too many standout memorable games because it's kind of it's much the same and look we won't dress it up i i told someone before that uh, in the 2022 season i was at a game in every round you know from round one run through to six i was at at least one game in every round and i tell you i would have struggled to recall much of the detail and it's not because i'm losing my memory it's just that nothing nothing really stood out there was no game that really jumped off the page that i was at now maybe i was just a bit unlucky with game selection but you know it just didn't didn't ignite and hopefully mongers will be will throw the cat amongst the pigeons uh in that regard in the the senior championship for next year so uh, we shall move things along now mass uh to inter-county football that is uh you were in mcneville park last saturday a the mcgrath cup opener limerick and kerry a mismatch we probably would have suspected that before the game but maybe not to this uh to this margin but jimmy lee's first day out and a lot of other players for players first day out as well. A lot of new faces, a lot of guys we've seen prominent in senior clubs, but hadn't done the green and limerick at senior level. So, your thoughts on uh, on, on how things went in in Rackiel. Obviously, the result was uh, was pretty. It speaks for itself in one regard. But what did we get out of this day for from a limerick point of view? Oh, you 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 would have probably have to say very little, if you're right. being brutally honest. And um, I, you know. Just to put it into context, Jimmy Lee has taken over. It was his first game in charge. He was down 17 from the panel that, that finished in the championship last year. That yeah. is a lot of gaps to fill. And like you, 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 you talk of trying to fill the gaps of Keen Sheehan, Brian Fanning, Ad, Adrian Inright, Brian O'Donovan, you know, Mike Donovan, Gordon Brown, you know, oh, all the best players. Yeah. You know, the list goes on. And, and, um, to compound the whole lot of it, um, Ian Corbett cried off before the game. Um, well, he was sick, and and um, he um, like I think there were six newcomers that were in from the start. Um, uh, there was three carrymen took part in the game overall. Like you had Dara and Taik Shukru, and Dara started Taik Shukru, and Daniel Daly came on. <clears throat> now they had transferred to Mona Lean and to Limerick at the start of the year from their respective clubs in Kerry. 
But um, I just couldn't get over <clears throat> for um, so early in the season um, the intensity and the seriousness which which Kerry took this competition. Um, they started with six of the All Ireland team that yeah. lost to Dublin, and they brought on five from the bench during the course of the game. Um, you know, um, they were also involved. So you 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 had eleven of those that were involved in the All Ireland final last year. That played a part now. Uh, Kerry made nine subs at half time, at which stage they were five, six, I think, to five points up or something like that. And, um, uh, you know, um, Shawnee Shea, like, played the first half, got a couple of goals, a couple of points. Um, you just wonder, you say to yourself, you take Shawnee Shea, what has he got to prove in the McGrath Cup? Yeah, what can he at learn this, from us? At this time yeah. of the year, you know, but. I suppose Jack O'Connor has his own ways, and we were wondering at that stage when we saw Sean O'Shea as the next thing we'll see David Clifford, you know? Um, but, that was two years ago, yeah. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Kerry, we're here to talk about Limerick. Um, it was a baptism of fire for Jimmy, and he, he, he understood that, and he was quite philosophical about it afterwards. And, like, you know, he did make the point, and we've, we've heard <clears throat> John Kiley making this point in... in, in um, on, on a number of occasions over the years about targeting for one particular game and usually John Kiley's target is the first round of the championship. We've helped him about that umpteen times and it has worked. Now, Jim, Jimmy Lee was adamant that as far as he was concerned, he was building up to the visit of Antrim on the 28th, which is the opening round of the Alliance Football League. And um, now, um, it'll be very interesting to see what sort of a team that he will name um, going up to um, to um, Temple Two here on Sunday? Because you 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 like Peter Nash who, who who was out injured. I think Colin McSweeney was out injured. You know, uh, Ian Corbett was out sick, and um, you 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 just wonder will these guys come back? And if they do, they they will certainly strengthen it. And the important thing about playing Tipperary and you know, Jimmy made the point afterwards, you know, that you're playing one of the best two teams in the country. You know, yeah. at least when they'll play Tipperary, um, they will be able to benchmark better where they are because they will be playing a team of in or about their own level. All right, Tipperary are in Division 4. Yeah. You know, and if if, if, if you go by that metric, um, Limerick should be beating Tipperary. But it doesn't always work out like that. But the, the basic principle doesn't change, Tom, um, in, in that, you know, you, you, you're playing a team of your own level. And it is then Limerick will get an opportunity to, to, to benchmark. Now, it's two years ago, in the first round of the McGrath Cup, Limerick got a hocking below on Tralee from Kerry and came back in round two and beat Tipperary. So... You, you you'd be hope maybe that something similar will will happen. I've been I, I, I would be worried. I, I, what would worry me, Tom, going forward, is the number of key players which I mentioned at the outset that we're not going to see this year. No, there's yeah. there was up to eight or nine players injured. There's the, you know there's the like Peter Nash, Colin McSweeney, and then the like of those that. that Hope for Ian Carbett. <coughs> you know, hope hopefully that, that, that they will be back. And this is the last opportunity. You know, this is the last addition for players 
put our hands up for a place for when Anthem come down in two weeks' time. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah, I'd say they'll probably squeeze in a one more challenge match, but realistically, this could be the chance. And a bit like the hurlers, it's an audition for players to um to stake a claim for, you know, whether they want to be in the 36 or the 26 or the 15. Obviously, each player will have their own their own desires and their own um, wishes for that. But it will be a much changed Limerick panel this year. And I and Matt, I think I think mid-table in Division Three is you know not to be too pessimistic. I think that's the realistic game. That's probably where Limerick need to find themselves come the end of the spring because there's no good being relegated again. That won't do anyone any favors, and it's certainly no use if they could somehow. I think it would be a fair achievement to actually get out of the division again and go up. That wouldn't be any good. I think the Limerick need to stay in Division Three for a year or two and try and rebuild the squad because there's been a lot of experience lost in the names you mentioned there. Um, uh, so no, but on, on the converse side of it, then you had the return of the Childs brothers. Yeah. Um, Rob played most of the yeah. game. Tom came on yeah. after half time, and you the return of I, I I thought who had a very very good game was 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 um, Tommy Griffin. Yeah. You know, Tommy's a very good footballer, and uh, it was nice to see him back on board. You know, and um, it like it, it's it's not all negative, but it's it's a question of getting the blend together before you face Antrim. And as 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 you rightly said, I think mid table in Division Three would be a realistic um would be a realistic um target. And I always maintained um you know through last year um all right. Uh, the vagaries and the randomness of, of, of the schedule went against them when they had to go to Derry and then face Dublin in round two um, in, in, in Division two. I felt all the time that an additional year in Division three would have done them a power of good because I, I think that last year um, when Limerick were in Division two, the transition from struggling in Division four to, to Division two football was... A huge step in two shots a time. Yeah, I thought an extra year in Division Three would have done him a power of good, but it is what it is, and I think you're right. You know, if if they could aim for mid table, but that, you know, aiming for mid table, Tom, is going to heighten the importance of, the, of, of winning the whole, your yeah. home games. Yeah, all of which I understand are going to be in McNeville Park this year. Yeah, certainly at the moment. Anyway, that's where they're they're penciled in for. Yeah, I, I suppose, and to add to that, it's very hard to aim for mid table and something. But I think Limerick need to be competitive in in all seven games and need to show you know get that confidence back again that they're competitive. And you must remember with the Division Two campaign, and not to be making excuses. You mentioned the two the two uh, front loaded games against Derry and Dublin, and I think the confidence was was on the floor after those. And I think they went to Cork then and got a hockey in as well. But it's very rare that you'd end up with two provincial champions in Division Two, and probably two of the top four or five teams in Division Two, would you? And you have them up first and second. It didn't lend itself well, and obviously then things with Ray Dempsey as the manager weren't really working. So they were on the back foot from the word go, and and hopefully now Jimmy will obviously get some success this Sunday against uh, against Tipperary, and then. They will be able to attack that Antrim game as as he as is his desire and as is his uh, as is his um, wish, you know. I yeah, think, like uh, you're right. You 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 would be hoping for an early lift off on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. To give the the you know a bit of belief into the team that you know what we're doing in training, what we're working on is 
is worth it and is working. So I think a positive result, uh, while not paramount, uh, could certainly uh, be a big help for Limerick. Um, uh, so that's in Temple 2 on Sunday, the McGrath Cup. Uh, a bit of a dead rubber on paper, but uh, an important game in the build-up to the Allianz Division 3 campaign. Uh, Matt Sigerson earlier this week, UL, uh, were victors over... Uh, the names of these colleges now, they're changed, they seem to have changed a lot. <laughs> Technical University of Donegal. There you have it. Yeah, brilliant. That's your free lesson now for today. Top marks, Matt. I must give you that. And that was played at the Connacht COE, which is Centre of Excellence, i.e. the Dome in Connacht. So (laughs) that's where that was played. Um, UL have been there, thereabouts in the Sigerson. And look, the result, the losers of these games get a second chance, but UL obviously win and and progress to the next round with... um, you know, allowing themselves a bit of a breather before the the, the next round. So, um, good start. It was start nice time actually to see that Elia Reardon was starting for UL. Yeah. You know, very really? very promising footballer, and I suppose had the disappointment of of losing the county premier final to Mungret St Pauls. Um, yeah. but um, it was very very nice to see him, and we we've we a couple of more on that panel, like with um, John Hayes. Saint Kieran's, yeah. From St. Kieran's. Yeah. yeah. Um, where, where was Eli playing for you all? Or where was he selected anyway? Wing back. Wing back, yeah, from what you saw, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's it's a very fair achievement to play at Sigerson and, and particularly in UL given the, the quality that they've had um flooding through in the last few years, you know. So I'm sure uh, he'll be hoping to to hold on to that jersey for the, the duration of their involvement. So we shall see. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think very few people would 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 begrudge it to Declan Brother and his team if they were to advance and and win the Sigerson Cup this year. Because I was looking at my old school the other night, um, the champions, UCC, and um, you know, I, they were well beaten by uh, UU from formerly UUJ. Um, it's yeah, now Ulster University. Yeah. It used to be Ulster yeah. University of Jordanstown, but. Um, in, they were well beaten in Abbottstown and, um, you know, talking to some people since, um, I, I saw the game on television, but um, uh, they were saying they were beaten in the first round by UL last year and came back and won it. Won it. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this year from what I saw. Yes, yeah, we'll see. It's, I'm uh, disappointed. I don't think UCC are as strong, but they, they may prove me wrong. Yeah, they may indeed. They do get a second bite. So the first round losers will, uh, will play off against each other for... A place in the next round uh, against yeah the it, it, it's complex and, and, and enough in that um, the first round winners play off against each other the first round losers play off each other um the losers of when the winners play off um what way will I put this now well right. the winners keep going anyway <laughs> we have four we have four um four we have we have four games in the winners right yeah, so we'll have four um, teams who will have won back-to-back games. Still the progress. four winners will proceed to the quarter-final. Yeah. The four, lo- the four losers will play the four winners of the four games for the losers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you lose twice, you're out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. But everybody yeah, yeah. gets two chances. Good system. 
Yeah, so the, the, the two te- the teams that win back-to-back games, such as potentially UL, will be in a quarter-final. And yes. teams, like U- teams like UCC, who've lost the first round, will look to win against a fellow loser in the second round. And if they do so, we'll get to play a team who has won their first round and then lost their second round. Yeah. And then when they play, then they will be into the quarterfinals. So effectively, yeah, so that will be another day out. But uh, if you followed all that, we'll fair play to you. But uh, we'll, I, we'll I see how you're going, to, you're going to have a slip of the tongue there, Tom, when UCC <laughs> lose their two games. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 we, we wouldn't, we won't, we'll cross that bridge if it comes, but anyway, no, we'll see uh, later in the month uh, for, for the next round of that, uh, or even as early as next week, but uh, we haven't forgotten the Fitzgibbon, but we'll discuss that next week, because uh, it begins in earnest uh, next week, with obviously three third-level institutions in Limerick heavily involved, and uh, we'll get across the, 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 the Limerick involvement in those, and across any other teams as well, uh, in on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Matt, we will stay on the big ball, but we'll uh, swap over to ladies football. Uh, Division four league opener um, comes to us 2 p.m. Uh, this Sunday in Quaid Park. Uh, Limerick at home to Wicklow, a familiar, I suppose, opposition in uh, Division four. And indeed, in the junior championship, Wicklow, they've been floating around there for a few years. Uh, the new management team have named uh, Rotian Brown and Grace Milan in their 15. They're the two new faces. Um, Matt, we mentioned before Christmas, Limerick have, uh, is it six home games and one away? Six, six that are away to leave from in, 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 in um, round five. Yeah. And um, they're, they're home in the other six games. Now, mm-hmm. it's not an ideal situation because you'll be, you know, well, let's hope we'll be in Division Three next year, mm-hmm. by the way. But if you're not, in worst case scenario, you have all those games away next year. Yeah, and it's just for anyone that's saying, how does that happen? And I think we explained it before. It's effectively the last time you played the team in that competition, That's i.e. It. the league. You you home away, home away. It's regardless. It could have been twenty years ago, or it could have been six months ago. Mm. You returned the fixture regardless. So yeah. it just so yeah. Limerick had them. Um, they would they, they would have three or four games last year. First first of all, um, let's say about the structure of the competition is that Division Four is brought in line with the other three divisions. Yeah, full full divisions. In, full in here to four, you had the, the three divisions of eight, and you had the, the division four, which was divided into two groups, with the the, the top two in each group going through to the semi-finals. Hmm. Now, the format this year is 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 that all four divisions have eight teams and are a full round robin. The top two in divisions one, two, and three will meet in the respective finals. The top four in Division Four will go into the semi-finals and yeah. the final. That's where That's they get the extra game, basically. Yeah. There's there's quite a bit of a difference from 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 the structure of last year. And um, like Limerick kick off next week at our um, next Sunday in Coolaroo, which is an ideal venue in the centre of the county, by the way, in Quaid Park. Um, they, they kick off against Wicklow. Now, um, Wicklow. They failed to qualify out of the group last year. They finished third. Limerick, Limerick last year in the first round, they beat Kilkenny in, in um, oh, I don't know what venue it was in Kilkenny. Um, it wasn't Nolan Park anyway, but um, yeah. it, it escapes me at the moment. But then they went to Wicklow, to Balting class. Callum, and they beat is. Wicklow 368 points. So that that ensured that they were a semi semi. Um, uh, semi-finalists 
But just to put it into context, when you move on to the championship, um, um, Wicklow were playing intermediate championship, Limerick were playing junior championship. And as yeah. we, we well know now, Limerick reached the All-Ireland junior final. Wicklow in their group, they got, uh, they suffered heavy defeats to Tyrone and Clare, who dug out a win against Offaly in the final round, which staved off relegation to division um, to junior football. Yeah. So um, that, that, that will give you a context as to where the, the, the teams were at la last year. Now, we've seen the Limerick team. We have a new management team. We have, we've seen the Limerick team. There, there, there is very little change apart from, we'd say, John Maguire has returned. I'm sure that she played before with Limerick. Maybe I might be subject to correction in that. But um, we definitely have two new debutants in, in Roisin Brown and Grace Milan. And, of course, a notable absentee is, is the Monster Ladies Footballer of the Year, uh, Roisin Ambrose, who we understand is carrying a knock at the moment. And we, 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 we and in her absence, um, she's been named as joint captain with Yvonne Lee. So Yvonne Lee will captain the team in Kooliru on Saturday, but on Sunday. But um, it, it's a strong team. Um, looking through it, it's a strong, strong team. Cathy Mee, um, there was doubts, would she continue for this year? She certainly is, and she's named in there at midfield. Um, I think she, I, I think she's named at midfield with Grace Lee, actually. Uh, sorry, Grace Lee uh, is at wing-back. Cathy Mee and Grace Milan. Grace Milan oh, sorry, it's Grace Milan. It's Grace yeah, Milan, yeah. yeah. It's Grace, Grace Milan. And Cardinal um, O'Leary is, is, is in, and Debbie Murphy is wing-back. Cardinal O'Leary is in, in the forwards. Um, at right half forward. Now we've Quiva McGrath, who who was showing pretty well at the end of last year from Father Casey's. She's she's in at full forward, and Andrea O'Sullivan, Leisha Brown, who's a very very good player, and and really didn't get much of an opportunity last year for some reason. Um, she's in, and as is Iris Kennelly, and we know yeah. what Iris Kennelly can do on a day, you know. So it it, it looks a, it looks a strong team. It, it, it looks a very strong team. So we're just hoping, you know, Leah Cotlin, she's got plenty of experience as well. So yeah. we're just hoping Ellie Wolf is going going in at centre-back. Um, Laura Walsh, for some reason, isn't on the panel this year. So um, yeah. I'd be very hopeful yeah. that, um, that um, you know, that they that, that, that can pull off a win in the opening round. And, you know, it's followed up by what on paper at least look very winnable games against Derry and Kilkenny. So you just hope like that, you know, if you could be sitting on nine points at the end of three games, like you would almost have um, sealed a, a semi-final spot. But uh, I don't think Mike Quilligan and Sean Kiley will be will be too satisfied with that. They they will be expecting more, and like they they appear to have this, <coughs> to have the squad, you know. Now there are a whole raft of newcomers on on the um, on the bench. If you look down through, Tom, mm. like uh, yes. um, the like of Quiver McNamara. Um, well, on Ethereum, you know, Ellis, Ellis is there, yeah, yeah, you know, there's so we, you know, um, let's hope, yeah, so, definitely, yeah. Uh, there, there's there is um, 
there is 13 of the players that were involved in the starting the All Ireland final last year that um, are still involved. Laura Welsh and Amy Ryan being the exceptions. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to the game, Tom. I'm going to the game on Sunday, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to Limerick getting off to a bright start. Like Mike Quinnigan knows uh, now there's there's quite an amount of of Mona Gay players, including five in defence. Yvonne Lee is at fullback, and um, um, Roshin uh, Roshin Brown is cornerback, and the the entire halfback line is is is, is Mona Gay of Debbie Murphy, Ellie Wolf, and Grace Lee. So he he knows his players, and um, you, you know we see how close they came to Glenmire last year. So I I, I, I would be hope I, I'd be hoping for a good result, Tom. Yeah, definitely, and I, I just to touch on the format, obviously with the top four getting through. There is room for for error here now. Of course, no one wants to go out and lose a game, but it probably lends itself then, hopefully, to you know using the using the panel and seeing what some of these players are are capable of at this level. That hopefully, if the results, as you you know, starting this weekend, following up with Derry and Kilkenny, three early wins might see. I'm not saying rotate the squad, but it might they might start to look at other options because that's what it's about, Matt. I mean, in the All Ireland final, down used their bench to perfection and that was you know probably the difference on the day you know the, their bench really made the impact and i actually was in the media room after um with the with the down players and management and the the players who had now it's easy to say when you win but they were happy they were happy to be subs because they had been told this is their role and they knew they could impact the game and and so it was so that's what Limerick are probably looking at as well and hopefully that We'll be beyond 15. We'll be looking at 25 players that are, are able for this level and hopefully more, you know. So hopefully the spring will be uh, a springboard for, for success in the championship as well. And uh, maybe promotion in the league might be might be the, the, the best thing for Limerick as well going forward to, to be playing at a higher standard year round, you know. So hopefully, yeah, we shall see. So 2 p.m. on Sunday in uh, in Quay Park for that one. Um, Matt, just switching across to Camogie, we have minor Camogie on Saturday afternoon, a Munster preliminary uh, minor game. Between I think it's Sunday afternoon, Tom, is it? Sunday, yeah. Uh, uh, Limerick and Clare, I'll just double-check that I had it to hand here a second ago. Limerick and Clare, anyway, meeting in the minor. Um, we no team to hand... Uh, sorry, this Sunday, yeah, I correct myself there. Sunday at one thirty. Yeah, no to switch a venue there, anyone who's... Uh, who originally thought it was in, I think it was originally set for Kilmanach, but uh, Capamore now, the venue. And Matt, the minor Camogie team, what do we know? We don't have a team to hand just at the moment uh, when we're speaking, so we're probably just kind of basing it off on last season's uh, form a bit. Yeah, the answer, Tom, is we know very little. Um, but we'll say Paul Paul Neenan and Tony Dunn lead the management team. They did an exceptional job last year in taking Limerick to the All Ireland A Shield final where they were beaten by by Down. Oh, sorry, beaten by Antrim. Yeah. But um, they played Clare twice. I, 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 I was at both games. They, they, they played them in the group stages in Kilmallock and and um, won, 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 won it, just, just won it, just, just dug it out. And they also dug it out. When they played Clare in the All Ireland semi-final, and it was played in Clanmel, you know, and were worthy winners both days, and you know it was, you know, I I, I thought they 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 had, a, they had a fine team last year, and um, you know it it was it, it was disappointing that they came up against an exceptional Antrim team in the final, 
like the preparatory work that was done by Paul Neenan and Tony Dunn and the management team was absolutely second to none, Tom. You know, there was no stone left unturned in preparing them. And from a fitness point of view, from a coaching point of view, they did a fa fabulous job. Now, I, I don't know what players from last year are still eligible this year. This is why we're speaking to a certain degree in a vacuum. And yeah. um, like I, I would be more intelligibly able to, um, to to discuss it if I saw who's who from last year. Now I'm hearing of a couple of who's who's, but I'm not that may, that are still around. And um, uh, the few the, the few names that I have them um, certainly excite me. Yeah, yeah, that it all goes well. And look, the same management are there, and they were probably looking at a two-year cycle as as minor teams do now, and they probably had a handful of under would have been under 17s at, i think minor camogie is still under 18 uh, differentiates from their male counterparts of under 16s you must remember we won a historic first ever under 16 a final monster under 16 a final last yeah. year yeah so some of those uh i'm sure are definitely capable of stepping up so uh i guess we'll have a little bit more detail as uh as the days go on and, and maybe by next week podcast will uh, we, we we will hope that we will we'll, we'll exist in the minor camogie game tonight Yes. Yeah. yeah. It would be the normal routine. Yeah, that's it. They're probably just putting the final touches together uh, before uh, we reveal that. But uh, Sunday, one thirty p.m. in Capamore. Uh, it'd be encouraging to get out and support uh, either the ladies footballers or indeed the, the uh, minor camogie teams on Sunday afternoon. Uh, hopefully, the weather will uh, lend itself to uh, high spectator numbers in those two games. Matt, uh, anything else through the chair? I think we've covered a lot of the on-field stuff this week. No, uh, no, 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 just one point. Um, um, I, you know, Owen Carmican, who know who you, you know as our colleague there Irish in the examiner. Uh, yeah. examiner, you know, um, he has been posting today like that um, that the media are no longer going to be allowed access to Cork County Board. Um. Yeah which I think is an absolute retrograde step. And I certainly hope that other counties, especially our own, haven't any designs in doing the same. Now, I'm, I, I put my hands up and I confess I'm not a great attender at county board meetings um, as a reporter, right, yeah. Yeah. you know, right. and because I got frustrated, Tom, the, the, uh, the, the few meetings that I attended and when I saw things um, getting through and, and, uh, and um, you know, um, offices of the county board not being held to account, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is a hugely retrograde step. Now, you were telling me off air that you thought that it was brought in in another county last year. Well, I, I remember, I can't remember the year, maybe it was before last year. I remember, uh, if anyone's familiar with the journalist Owen Sheehan with Off the Ball, I remember he went to a Mayo County Board uh, meeting for something. And look, I don't think he was up to mischievous. He was actually looking for answers to, I can't remember what the queries were, but um, he was more or less told, you know, get out. Like, And he had travelled, I'm pretty sure, from Dublin to be there. I, I can't remember what the issue was, and I won't speculate on that, but... You know, it was basically you're not welcome here, and uh, you're not wanted. And I suppose people might say we're biased towards the media as we're people who work in it. And I suppose I saw a comment online that sums it up that what I would say means that the media should be allowed within reason. Like I mean, there's always cases where you know people overstep the mark, and, and in that case, then maybe it needs to be reviewed. But 
I don't see that this has happened here in Cork and, and I don't think it's happened in Limerick. But a comment I saw online this Friday afternoon was, um, you know, if a, if a club delegate or indeed a county board officer isn't willing to say it in public in front of the media, well, should they be saying it at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, should is that the issue here? Should they be the question? Sorry? Sorry, your line has just gone there slightly. Say that to me again, Matt. I'm saying, should they be there at all if they happen the guts to say it? Yeah, that's it. You know, it should it should well, should officer you know, if he's you know if if I'm in the corner taking notes, should 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 that preclude preclude someone from tackling an issue? Cock I don't is, think it should. Cock is very geographically near to us, and I hope it doesn't spread to this county that the contagion doesn't come in this direction. Let it go in any other direction, you yeah. know. But I think this is a sad day. And I've been appealing to the clubs, um, like all their powers are gradually being eroded by stealth, coordinated from headquarters. Because um, the, the, the old principle of subsidiarity from the bottom up, that you, you make this, you know, you initiate change at the very bottom level, that's finished. Because if if you send a motion now to county board and by chance it gets through and goes to Congress, lo and behold, there's an unelected body there to ensure that it's thrown out. Mm. You know, and like it's time. And I, I've been saying this now and, I, you know, um, Jack just grigged me about this because he, 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 he knew how to get me going and upset me. But um, <laughs> uh, this this thing. The clubs have got to claim back our association from unelected people. They've got to do it at all levels, Tom. The next thing is we will have no elections at, at county board. We have an appointed secretary. We have an appointed development officer. We have an appointed uh, children's officer, which I have no difficulty about that. Yeah. Uh, for the latter, because that, that is a question of, of suitability, and we have an excellent children's officer in Limerick. Yeah. But how many more of these positions? I can see the treasurer's position being ripe for that kind yeah. of a takeover. To bring a professional in, as it were. Can the clubs yeah. not see what's happening? Hmm. Can they know. not see what's happening? The, the founders of our great association must be burning in their graves to see this kind of thing, this latest yeah. development. I I was um I was only ever at a couple of county board meetings. I'll admit, you know, I've never been in. Uh, I know yourself obviously served your club uh, in different roles down the years, and you would have attended in that guys, and obviously would be kind of a bit longer on the on the media beat myself yourself. Uh, but I was at a few county board meetings, and the one thing I found for them is that there was a a real lack of energy from those in attendance now maybe they maybe they were worn down but the one of the ones i was at john, it was john kiley's uh re-election in the end of 2019 not re-election um you know proposal to have john kiley uh back in as manager at the end of 2019 and the management team and the rest of it and it was effectively the meeting was over in a matter of minutes um i would imagine a lot of people had traveled from you know your side of the county to the woodlands in adair from the west and the meeting was over i would think in about nine or ten minutes and i do remember uh you know jerome o'connell of the limerick leader uh you know someone we frequented uh, uh, on the sideline many times i remember he used to often be at them but every month he used to attend them i think you know from his professional capacity 
and often he'll be tweeting that uh, you know March's county board meeting is over in a matter of eight minutes or fourteen minutes or you know twenty to one minutes. No questions asked on X, Y, or Z. And uh, I don't think I was picking out a turn. That was that's my memory of uh, you know of Jerome's uh, you know uh, passing on information to the public, putting it up online or whatever, and it was a matter of minutes. You know the clubs are they ticking boxes by attending them, and I'm not having a go at them, but you know, do they feel that whatever they're going to say is not going to make a difference and they just want to, you know, get in and get out and get the get that job out of the way? Tom, I, I, I've seen it from both sides. I I was a delegate for many years um for Glenroe and I know I was in the I know I was in the nuisance pigeonhole as far as they were concerned. But um uh, like you know it it was a monthly opportunity to debate everything. Yeah. And in those days, there, there was nothing going through in the nod. Nodding Muppets weren't allowed. Yeah. You know, everybody was having their say, and, and and we questioned everything. And that's why I find it very, very, very hard to comprehend where we have moved to. Can the clubs not see it, what's happening? Clubs have made huge investment in their clubs. They've made huge investment in their facilities. Tom, as far as the playing of games, which is the primary purpose of our association, if no say. Yeah, it's it, it's just put down upon them, is it? This, that these are the competitions and this is it. Yeah, I don't. I, I I've I've yet to see or hear clubs, you know, looking to rip up the script on certain competitions in our county anyway, and I. I know there was maybe one in Kerry in the recent weeks where a club proposed disbanding or uh, not disbanding, but maybe remo removing some of the divisional teams. But it's very, very rare that we see that uh, kind of um, proposal. And I think, I think even then, didn't that club overrule and say that we didn't actually send that in? So there's a reluctance to get into the nitty gritty of you know of um, tackling the issues that uh, in each county or in each district or area or whatever it is. So. Look, I, I, I don't know where, where it comes. Are clubs struggling for volunteers on the ground that will, you know, get into it too? I know there's definitely that that feeling in some clubs that it's the same. Four or five officers will serve clubs for years. I, I It probably doesn't help the situation where maybe a bit of fresh blood to shake it up, as it were. I don't know. Is that a, a, another issue? That's, that, that's, all, that's all laudable, Tom and all. But, you, you know, you suddenly you have a secretary there does a fantastic job for five years Absolutely. in his out in his head and... And um, you can't get anybody, you know. Um, you see, this, this, a lot, a lot of the people that are making these decisions and coming up with these ideas, I doubt if they were ever involved in clubs. I doubt if they ever drove a young fella at an underage match or anything like that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, the, the, voice, the voice of the people, the volunteers on the ground, the voice of the people that keep, Keep the underage going, take car loads of young fellas to matches, this, that, and the other thing. That voice has been silenced, Tom. Hmm. Yeah, well, we must be careful. Uh, the, the voice of those that um, know the logistics of running a club, of organizing comp competitions, participating in competitions, they are the subject now of dictates yeah. by people that haven't a clue what they're talking about for the most part. And I well, see the court, I see the court decision being justified in that there's no no media allowed into Congress or whatever it is in Congress, I think. And um, 
you know, promising that we'll get a bulletin, a bulletin, if you don't mind, after county yeah. board meetings, a bulletin. Yeah, I think, I think. Uh, I, 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 hope, I hope this doesn't spread to Limerick and I'm warning the clubs, be careful, don't have it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And just a final point on the Cork uh, situation before we wrap uh, this week, I, I think people need to think as well that, you know, by banning the media, the media will grow, will grow ill of the, like the media cover the Irish Examiner, which Owen Cormac and works for, and I know I do do some uh, some reporting for them myself. They will find other interests that their readers are interested in would be it rugby, soccer, rowing, cricket, golf, you know, and they will might decipher that you know what we won't cover the GA to the extent. And I'm not speaking for the Examiner there. I'm just saying as a potential example, and it could be the same in other uh, in other you know, uh, publications or, or websites or, or news bulletins that the GA might find itself further down the pecking order because they might erode that relationship. And there's always a, there's been a healthy relationship between media and county boards for so long now. And uh, look, I think we need to be careful as to absolutely, you know, eroding that, uh, that's permanently, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm retrograde. I'm long enough and this is my last say, and if I'm appealing to clubs again to make sure that that doesn't happen, but, um, uh, I'm around long enough when the GA was constantly a stream of criticism that of the lack of media coverage that they they were getting, mm. you know, and you'd be nearly locked into a room back in the day, um, or locked into a meeting and not left out until you covered it back in the day. And now they they want to shut the door and keep you out. It we've we've yeah. co we've come a long way in the wrong direction. Definitely, definitely. Well, we'll watch this space and see what the fallout from Cork and uh, as Matt says, hopefully. Uh, it doesn't spread across the, the province uh, and or indeed further. Uh, thanks very much, Matt, for your company this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the return of Treaty Talk for 2024. Hopefully, as I said at the start, a historic year ahead for the Limerick Herders and hopefully plenty of joy for the footballers, ladies football and camogie as well across the different grades. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah. Happy, happy New Year to everybody involved with Limerick GA across all codes. Throwing handball as well, Tom. <laughs>